I don't think that chapter 6 of 1 Corinthians really coincides well with that theme. Although I might change your mind a little bit by stealing a few verses from it. But I am thankful for for celebrating Advent. I am thankful for um, a time to pause. I'm thankful for these gifts of the Holy Spirit that remind us, and thankful for um, these four topics and for Christmas, which reminds us of the salvation offered to all mankind by the the death, birth, and resurrection of Jesus. While trying to decide a verse that I would build on today, I settled on 1 Peter 3.15, which you can memorize this one now. 1 Peter 3.15, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that you have. Hope is an interesting word for us because it can be founded on different levels of confidence, right? Like, I hope I'm going to get a good job, or I hope I'm going to buy a property at Priest Lake someday. I hope I won't get in a car accident as I drive through the snow. But the hope that we're talking about here is also a hope that we have no control over. And that's a very good thing. It's a hope that's out of our hands. It's a hope that's a gift, that's a blessing to us. We are the only ones with hope in the entire world that's promised to be fulfilled by God. I like the verse in 1 Peter 3.15 because it begs two questions. What is the hope that we have? And what is the reason we have that hope? I'm going to pause for a second because I just was reminded of the fact that I offered for you guys to finish up prayer. And this is the second time that I did it myself. (laughs) The last time was when Sue volunteered and I did it myself again. Um, Yeah, let me not do that. Let me not do that again. Yeah. So what is the hope that we have, and what is the reason that we have that hope? The simple answer to that question is that our hope is for a life lived forever with our Creator, saved from this broken world to join Him in the place that He especially prepared for us. That is our resurrection in heaven. And the reason for our hope Because God sent his son Jesus to this broken place to rescue me and all of mankind. You know, I want you to consider that instruction that that we're given in 1 Peter. Be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that you have. Consider those things. When we're talking about giving a testimony, right? A lot of times we like to put our life story and then kind of pare that down our life story being how Jesus gave us life, right? And pare that down so it's more consumable when we meet somebody. That's the quickest part of your testimony. What is the hope that you have and why do you have it? Why are you so assured of the hope that you have? 
I'm going to jump ahead and kind of spoil things a little bit. The context of 1 Peter in which he's giving us this instruction, these instructions, is not just meeting somebody on the street. It's actually in the most desperate hour of persecution. So from the deepest, most despairing times, we should be confident in the hope that we have. The reason for our hope, the reason that we can give our lives for it, our everyday mundane lives, our every effort and our every work up to and through the giving of our entire lives, our very life, is because God sent his son Jesus to, the bro- to this broken place to rescue us. Behind enemy lines, he revealed God to the world and gave his very life to save us. And our hope doesn't end there with him in the grave. He had died for me, but three days later was alive, showing himself to many. He encouraged his disciples and proved his victory over death to all. And while he has left to prepare a place for me, still God has not abandoned me. But he left me in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Connected in a way not seen anywhere else in history prior to Christ. Romans 8.16 says, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. How do you get that daily encouragement that, yes, I belong to God? The Spirit himself is the one that confirms that. His presence, the truth that God is always with you, the fruit that you see in your life. But above all that, the very word of God himself saying, you are mine. It is the Holy Spirit who secures my hope by living in me, giving me both hope and assurance, every day encouraging me of the glory that awaits. Because of these things, I know that God loves me. Because of these things, I have hope. 1 Peter 1, 3-5 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. And this inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. It is by trusting God that we cling to him. The hope that I have in God is what drives me. It's what drives all believers. It is what causes me to continue on even though life is painful and seems so meaningless like the writer of Ecclesiastes observes. There are so many misplaced hopes that don't have eternal consequence. 
eternal meaning. You may think, I hope to get a job, a good job when I grow up, or I hope I'm going to be successful. Our desires and our hope line up in a very meaningful way. What we hope for exposes what we really want. What we hope for exposes what we really want and drives many of our motivations. Either to something meaningless that will pass away or to something truly good and eternal. I want my hope to be fully in the Lord. While I see a world around me that is falling apart, while I see relationships feeling are failing and people suffering at the hands of evil, while I see children are starving and people waste their lives on temporary worthless things, I have hope in my creator because he is in control. And he is good. And that's the only reason I can sleep at night. I am confident in my hope because God has proven himself faithful all throughout history and all throughout my life. He is faithful to his people and he is faithful to me. Hebrews 11, 1 through 2. I really like this. It says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for. And assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. And then there's a very long list from, from, um, from the beginning of humanity all the way through the patriarchs. Of all these guys who put their faith in God and he proved himself faithful. My hope and my faith, my trust of God are intertwined in an inseparable way. I hope God will do the impossible and I trust, I have faith that he can do it. I hope for Jesus and the reason I do is because of the love he has demonstrated to me and to the entire world. He's not only the one I hope for, but the one that brings that hope to fruition. When Jesus was crucified, the hope of the disciples was destroyed. Their faith was crushed because what they had expected didn't happen. They expected the kingdom of God to come with victory, not death. But they had yet to understand the sacrifice that had been made, the victory that had been won. And later, those ladies going to the tomb, they weren't going with hope. They weren't going with faith. They were going with respect out of reverence for what God had done, not understanding what he had done. Not aware of what he would do that day. They were defeated 
And regardless of their lack of understanding, their lack of faith, as had been planned by God before all creation, Jesus' decaying body was given life and glorified. And so the hope that arrived in the manger in Bethlehem had finally become the hope that was promised. God has saved sinners from death by offering his own son and has given them new life today, a promised resurrection to come. And a promised resurrection to come. All this to say, God has life in store for us, not death and meaningless. We have great reason for hope because we have a great God who loves us. And we know him and we trust him. That hope that God has given me shapes my life in every way. I have no shame in life, no fear in death. My choices, passion, and purpose are all formed around the confident hope I have for a resurrected life with God and his people. I was a sinner condemned to eternal wrath, but God saved me because he loves me that much. I think you can take that in in a moment, but it takes an eternity and a lifetime to fully understand how much God loves you. And it's part of the process of sanctification of God reiterating to you over and over. I don't, you say, I don't deserve love. I don't deserve love. And he says, I love you. And he shows us again and again. I have hope because I know he is faithful because he answered me when I called at my weakest and most sinful points he answered he showed up and he did so with mercy this is what he offers to the whole world first corinthians 6 11 this is one of the verses that I told you I would snag from it and that is what some of you were but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. That is such a big portion of our hope. This is who we were, and this is who God has made us. Life is more than this broken world. Life is more than guilt and shame. Life is more than death. In fact, life begins not when we are born, but when we're born again into the new life that our Savior, that faith, excuse me. We're born into new life when the Holy Spirit brings about in us this trust of God that we can't, conjure up that we can't make on our own the hope that we have in god is not something that we make up ourselves but a hope that he gives us 
The greatest problem in this world is a real lack of hope. Of honest hope. Not hope in ourselves, or we really couldn't be honest. But hope in the one who made us. Who made plans to save us before the world began. Before we were born. When it comes to hope that we try to cling to often, we take medication for it, we seek counseling and self-help, we post nice, uplifting, ultimately unreal evaluations of our character to mask our need for the fulfillment of hope. We hope for a whole lot of things, and we try to encourage and make ourselves feel good about those hopes. But there's only one hope that really matters, and that is life with Jesus now and forever. We can hope for anything, but only one is righteous. Only one overcomes depression and guilt and sin. Only one has victory over the kind of despair that makes you not want to go on living. That hope is Christ. When people are despairing and they're not seeing any more value to life. When people are despairing and they want to hurt themselves or take their own life. They need Jesus. They need the hope of Christ. That is ultimately what they need. Our hope is Christ. It's not a hope of our invention. Instead, it is a hope given by our faithful creator. This is why the shepherds celebrated the little baby God had given. God had once again proved himself faithful. The promised Savior had brought light to the world. And there is no other hope that compares to this kind. The promises of God that we look forward to are too amazing to comprehend. We hope for eternity with God. And we have this beautiful picture in our minds of what that relationship, what that world, what that place and what those people will be like. And even still, that picture that we have in our mind can't fully comprehend what it is. We know we're getting a big present, and we know it's going to be awesome. We just have to wait to see what it's going to be. Hebrews 10, 19 through 23 says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water. 
Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Why? For he who promised is faithful. So when we light the candle of hope, it reminds us of hope and the hope that we have and the necessity that there is to share that hope with the world that is the purpose. It's one the world doesn't know. Like I said again, First Peter, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. That hope is what enables us to endure persecution. This hope is what we're willing to die for. Let me share a final verse with you. Hebrews 6, 17 through 20. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised. That's you. He confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things, which it is impossible for God to lie, we, or we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain, where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. He has become our high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. So once again, I guess I'll close by saying the simple observation that the hope that we have is for a life lived forever with Christ. And the reason for that hope is because he has secured it himself. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you are heard. Father, today, throughout this week, Lord, in all of our lives, and, and not just in this room, Lord, but everyone in our community and everyone in the world, Father, give them your hope. Give us your hope. Whenever we're distracted or discouraged or afraid, when we see no light at the end of the tunnel, Lord, open our eyes to see the light that you have provided. Jesus is the light of the world. And we're so thankful to have him, Lord. Bless us with this assurance, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.